it was yeah. crazy and it took me years years uh, after that to finally see what we have done and what how fast it was i you know it's business the right time the right moments and uh, you have the right vision and when all combined it can be like pretty fast that time i was uh, not seeing that uh, value we have created it was really my first experience to build something that big I probably with lack of experience I, I thought it was normal like it, it will be yeah. like this every time yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> when it's your first time you don't yeah. you, you not even think about it so I really uh, did not secure or try to manage or make it like a bigger business and anything definitely like you said if that happens the first time that you try to do something like that you get this impression right that it's easy yeah that you don't quite understand why not everybody's doing this yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't yeah exactly yeah. you you have no clue but you cannot compare from before and what you've done so have you been able to recreate that kind of success afterwards no at that scale no that fast no and i think today is uh, really impossible without spending any budgets in advertising bonjour I'm Nikolai, entrepreneur and digital strategist, and you're listening to the podcast of La French Tech Singapore, a show about French entrepreneurs in Southeast Asia. The following is a conversation with Jesse Lee, the founder and CEO of Waymi. Jesse is a creative entrepreneur, building his company from Bangkok, Thailand. Before coming to Asia, Jesse almost accidentally became a successful influencer. Today, we discuss how in 18 months, he went from looking for someone to share his passion with to being almost overwhelmingly successful on a very niche market. Jesse's a great guy, I had a lot of fun talking to him, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I started to be an influencer about like uh, six, more than six, like seven or eight years ago. Eight years ago? Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. early uh, days. Yeah. You were a pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, no one knew what was an influencer. The terms did not even exist, and even myself, I didn't know what I was doing. Honestly, uh, I have, I had no idea, absolutely not. Uh, I was very active on socials and from uh, uh, some type of business that we are promoting. What platforms were you active on at that time? What was, what existed eight years ago? I don't even Facebook. remember. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. And it was very, very easy to use compared to uh, today. <laughs> today, if you want some exposure on, on Facebook, it's very competitive and you need to pay anyway. Very expensive. Yeah. yeah. That I'm talking at a time that you could use uh, Facebook, creating an event and literally invite all of your contacts and all your friends could invite your contacts into your event oh. without paying not even a single dollar. So Yeah, yeah that's, that's no longer allowed. Yeah. <laughs> not possible anymore no. <laughs> i think now it's like 40 or 50 people you can invite in one time so if you don't pay yeah. so uh, yeah i'm coming from the from this side and uh, that's um, that was a very interesting experience even i did not understand what i was doing so what were you doing what were you an influencer in how did you become an influencer i mean <sighs> it's really how does that happen? It's came naturally uh, we, we, <laughs> we created uh, some events uh, around K-pop and uh, Korean culture in Paris back to back uh, the days I was there and uh, the at that time we had two options to 
advertise ourselves. The first one was to go in real life into uh, like universities and uh, uh, flyers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we had this Facebook that was here and that we could connect with everyone at that time, even adding how many friends you wanted uh, without real limitations. So we started that and I think just after a few months we we gained a lot of popularity without spending even uh, one dollar into marketing. So we are not even printing flyers anymore. We were just using uh, the, the Facebook at that time and uh, a lot of blogs as well. So just to take a step back, so you're this guy, you're a student back at the time? Uh, no, I was working already. You were working? Yeah. You were interested in K-pop? Yeah. And you thought I'm going to organize an event to find yeah. similar people who were also interested in K-pop? Exactly. Is that how it got started? Just small scale? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I really love marketing and uh, I've been attracted by the K-pop, uh, the way they are doing marketing, the way they market themselves, the way they, they get popular as well. They, they, they are using a, a online and influencer strategies since very early days. Uh, if we take the, the example of uh, one, uh, the most successful one today that everyone yeah. heard about BTS, they created their popularity mostly based on a strategy by using these social platforms. So at, at the end, they are influencers. They are doing the same, the same uh, strategy. Uh, and at that time, uh, when I, I started to create these kind of events, I was really in love with their production and the quality, visual quality they, they are producing. And uh, I've seen that there was something that is really even catchy also in terms of uh, uh, musicality. Uh, even no one was blaming in it. <laughs> Talking like uh, I started to think about that, like probably like ten years ago. At that time, like no one knew about that, and uh, I, I did not find much people in real life around me that were uh, attracted by that. But when I start to dig online by the connection with these social networks, I start to saw that there was a lot of people. You found your community online. Yeah. yeah. So, and we were the first one at that time to do it. So everyone that was looking for it, just jump in and, and, oh, uh, wow. and come. Uh, yeah. So how fast did that take off? How fast did that grow? Um, in total, it's like around one year, one year and a half. Uh, when we started the first events, uh, but when we started to use the these social platforms and to to contact different kind of blogs, at that time there was a lot of people were blogging. Uh, it's just few months. When we started to understand we have potential to do that, and it was, it was uh, very effective by creating content and uh, talking under my name and having I had like. A, for uh, Facebook, different Facebook accounts. <laughs> for Facebook accounts? Yeah, for Why? Facebook accounts. Why did you need four Because Facebook Because there is accounts? a limit with Facebook. Is, uh, what was that limit? 5,000 uh, contacts. Okay, so you had 20,000 contacts. Yeah, around... A couple uh, of months in? Sorry? After a couple of months, you already had 20,000 oh, contacts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about time. You could add people like... Uh, ah, you, you, okay. you just found some... Uh, some people that were into the same field and the algorithm was already very good on Facebook so they will give you a suggestion of people who have uh, same uh, interest and you just had to add one by so one. So you were just clicking? Thousands. Yeah. And you were pushing your events, your publications to exactly. promote your events to those four different Facebook profiles and people would say, oh, that's great, I'm going to sign up. Exactly. 
that right. was very easy at that time. <laughs> so what happened the first time that you actually held one of those events? How many people showed up? Oh, the first events was not even 100 people. Uh, and when we started to use the social online approach and doing this influencer work, it's uh, scaled up very fast and we ended up, uh, I think, around like one year and a half. We came from less than 100 to more than 900 person uh, on one night. Was, one there, was there an oh shit moment somewhere in there? Was where, there? Was there an uh, oh shit moment somewhere in there where you showed up for an event and you, where you saw the number of people signed yeah. up or where you were thinking, <laughs> I God, I hope they don't all show up? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the first one that we grew to uh, like 900 person was really crazy. We did not expect that much people. Uh, you didn't have a team, probably, right? It was we we had a team of, uh, of uh, like PR students that were working with us and helping us uh, on some stuff. But literally, it was really crazy. When we got these first events with a lot of people, it scaled up like very fast. We not, we did not expect that much people. And I remember during that uh, that events, it's the manager of the place who came to us and close the doors. He said, we cannot oh. accept any more person tonight. Uh, I'm going to have a uh, problem with the, the policy if they come to control. It's too much. So we had to refuse people. And I remember that it was so crowded because it was uh, that, that one I'm talking about was a party on K-pop with people who loves uh, the, 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 the music. It was so successful uh, at that time that people were we were in France and uh, it's cold so people have their uh, big uh, coats and they were going into the club still having their coat because we even have no space anymore for them to lift the, <laughs> the, the personal uh, personal stuff and what is crazy that we have leverage at that time just by using uh, online socials and did you monetize those events yeah yeah, yeah you, definitely yeah? yeah definitely that was a huge success so it was very interesting yeah, 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 very interesting, and a lot of uh, connection and opportunities that we get from uh, from this. And where did it go from there? Um, we ended up by having some uh, connections from uh, uh, big uh, uh, agencies uh, in Korea, in South Korea, like uh, SM Entertainments and uh, others that were seeing. We were the real, literally the first one who were doing that in Europe. We got. Partners everywhere asking to go to Germany, to uh, Italy or London. Uh, so even online, there was not that many contents. And we were already using YouTube at that time. That was absolutely not something that was very uh, often. So we get exposure very rapidly outside, uh, outside even outside Europe. And uh, we got contacted by these big agencies that were interested to uh, make the first concerts uh, in Europe about oh, K-pop. Wow. Uh, that's finally happened. They make the first concerts, uh, K-pop concert in France that was the first in Europe. But unfortunately, we were not able to <laughs> to work on it because it's too big. It's literally it too, too big. big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were not. Uh, the jump was too, yeah, too big. Definitely, yeah. there is a very big difference between organizing small events with less than thousand people and going to uh, organize a concert with artists and all these schedules and thousands and thousands of people show up. It's and how long was that after you started? H how long? How long after you started did that opportunity present itself? 
Well, one year and a half. One year and a half. Yeah. So you went from in one year and a half, 18 months, you went from would be really cool if I had some like-minded people who like K-pop the way I do and I have this little event to could yeah. you please organize the first year European <laughs> K-pop event <Yeah. laughs> in yeah, France. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. crazy and it took me years years uh, after that to finally see what we have done and what, how fast it was. I, we were really working on it and like doing it and it was you know it's business the right time the right moments and uh, you have the right vision and when all combined it can be like pretty fast and make a so where do back. you go from there uh, I I was I, I, at that time I was uh, not seeing that uh, value we have created right I, yeah. yeah that was really my first experience to build something that big so I didn't I probably with lack of experience I, I thought it was normal like it, yeah. it will be this yeah. like this every time yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> when it's your first time you don't yeah. you, you don't even think about it so I really uh, did not secure or try to manage or make it like a bigger business and anything and uh, also because with the partners I was working uh, we didn't have the same goal so we gradually uh, stopped it and after I moved right yeah. wow that's the I mean that's an amazing story and uh, <laughs> definitely like you said if that happens the first time that you try to do something like that you get this impression right that it's easy yeah that you don't quite understand why not everybody's doing this yeah right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you don't yeah exactly yeah. You, you have no clue but you cannot compare from before and what you've done so have you been able to recreate that kind of success afterwards uh, no at that scale no that fast no and I think today's uh really impossible without spending any budgets in advertising for advertising or marketing to uh, reach this kind of uh, it was really early stage to because that's the difference right it's no longer organic these days you have to pay to reach people yeah yeah, yeah definitely the this is the business this social yeah, platform, this is, Facebook, yeah, yes. uh, Instagram, their business is to sell ads, right? So yeah, they're ad platforms. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. They, the, the, in fact, they are, I call it like hacking their own algorithm, their own feed. They right. will, uh, as long as you use it on personal scale, with your friends and like not big numbers and not adding too much content, they will help you to get more exposure because they want you to stick with the platform but once you start to have some behavior that they can identify that you want to grow and getting more popular for them it means that okay you are trying to do something much bigger than normal users so we target you and they want to sell you ads so they will start to decrease the more you grow the less exposure uh, natural exposure you get you get so at the end, it's, it's because you have to pay. And that's perfectly normal. This is their business model. There's yeah, no surprise yeah. uh, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is something that not many people understand. <laughs> 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 definitely not. Yeah, they cut, the, they cut back your reach and they tried to sell you ads. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So well, where does it go from here, though? I mean, this is... So people are not necessarily um, willing to buy ads, right? Yeah. Uh, people are less and less willing to consume ads. So with SEO and everything, we had I, I went for SEO with through targeting advertising. Everybody's running ad blockers now. Fewer and fewer people are are active on uh, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Instagram is inserting ads in in the stream and in 
there are some plans on doing it in their messaging as well, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, there seems to be still quite a lot of pushback on, on, on all of that. Like people are always looking for a way out, right? Yeah, because it's becoming too much. Yeah. In terms yeah, of yeah. advertising, it's becoming too much for users to see that many advertising that is just displaying and showing you off something. And uh, even for the professional, the marketing side, it's uh, getting more and more expensive because you also have this, uh, this uh, you, you have to buy the keywords and the more people you buying these keywords is growing to be more and more expensive. The more we go, the more expensive you need to, to spend money. So, uh, and, and this is why influencers come <laughs> and giving a new solution, a new way that uh, for brands that is very interesting. Uh, but definitely the display model it will not disappear but it will have to change and it's already changing because uh, just simple facts of uh, showing images at scale as much possible uh, as you can is not working anymore as you, s you, you mentioned nowadays there are ad brokers uh, there's uh, even some uh, some uh, like Firefox and Google that including directly uh, some ad blocks solutions uh, and people are really uh, bored of uh, seeing advertising yeah. and seeing and seeing and, and people are just completely desensitized right yeah I think it's still doing the job when it's come about like uh, brainwashing marketing <laughs> it's still doing the job <laughs> yeah. you and consciously uh, see brands, still uh, like w when it comes about branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes about giving value and real experience, uh, this model is uh, really too old right now, and it will need to have a, a big evolution in terms of interactions and giving values. That we are going to this way, definitely. Uh, and uh, that's the next evolution for the display yeah. that is uh, very ugly today. <laughs> well, I think the next evolution, I mean, I'm not sure how we're going to get there, but I think the next evolution is really understanding the consumer. Um, yeah. You know, like I see ads in the, on the social media platforms that I use and I ignore them completely. I'm completely desensitized. <laughs> yeah. Except for the couple of ads, they're very rare, that I really like, that push something that I'm genuinely interested in. I'll click on those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the trick is getting that ratio right. Like yeah. getting all that garbage out of that stream and getting the right message, mm -hmm. pushing the right product at the right time in front of the right person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, everything is about timing and... Everything's about timing and yeah. about... Yeah, and about really addressing a problem, about, about proposing something that someone actually wants or needs. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. That's the, the, the bad and good side. The bad side is that we are going to get like spied on our lives and public life and what we like and every details. But the good side is that it could be end up, at, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, more qualitative uh, advertising that, okay, it's something I'm looking for right now. So it's helping me. If the advertising are able to, the ads are able to help you to f find a solution of what you're looking for, faster and uh, more accurately that's uh, the positive way of it yeah I know a lot of people I mean tend to have very negative associations mm -hmm. with all of that but I tend to like it for categories of products that I don't care about too much 
because yeah. it saves me a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? So if it pushes something that I, I need, that I like, and that I can get in one click, I'm fine with it. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. It doesn't consume any any bandwidth. I can just I can just get it, get it over with, and just move on to something else. It saves a lot of my time. So in that exactly. sense, I like advertising. Mm-hmm. If it's targeted and if it really, you know, if it if it's if it's the right product at the right time, yeah, it's all about timing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, you had this massive success initially, <laughs> the very first experience that you <laughs> yeah. had in 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 marketing, um, which in a way is the kind of experience that everybody involved in marketing is always chasing, right? Because that's like sort of. The ideal thing, like you start something, it just organically uh, takes off. Um, like you mentioned, these days it's much more difficult yeah. to break through. There's so much more noise, mm-hmm. so much more information out there. Um, if I gave you a magic wand, you know, mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, and you could change one thing about marketing or about the way uh, the marketing platforms or the social networks work, what would it be? Uh, to change something today, right? Yeah. Make it more fun. More fun? Yeah. It was fun and it's not fun anymore. Really? Yeah. I personally really enjoyed the early days of Facebook or uh, Instagram, the first version of the social networks because it was very fun. You could interact with uh, people online finding uh, people who love the same type of stuff as you and you didn't have to spend money and it was very easy you had less limitation and you could basically really enjoy much more uh, of compared to what we are doing today today you are very limited Uh, I'm not even talking on the business uh, side just as personal it's it's not that fun anymore it's a there's too much restriction, too much limitations, too much... Uh, it's the business that wants that. Yeah. But I think that what is happening is... Uh, even we look at uh, what Facebook is trying to do and what step they are moving uh, that's more into groups and chats. Uh, because this is where the fun is. This is where we can find people who are the same as us and share the same uh, connections share the same uh, interests so yeah definitely it's like uh, if I could change one thing right now is make it more fun 